Welcome to The Approach Shot, the golf show that's more laughs than links, more stories than strokes, more guffaws than golfers. Here are the hosts of The Approach Shot, John Ashton and Neil Michaels. And of course, that introduction is all we need. The stage is now ours. We are here. The Approach Shot. I am John Ashton. I am Neil Michaels. It's nice to have a professional intro, isn't it? We've been fans of hers since she was doing, oh my gosh, all the other voiceover work that she had been doing, including being the voice of OnStar. So lots of people heard her when they didn't really want to. <laughs> she just loves that gig because she loves telling people where to go. Exactly. Just like my wife and yours. It's uh, early November. And are you at a point now where going out and golfing is completely dependent on the weather? Or are you starting to look it's... to put your clubs away for the winter? Oh, no, they never go away. They, oh, is that they... right? Oh, yeah. They stay in the garage, at least, if not the trunk. Uh, and I check the long distance weather forecasts and plan out. So you're going to be getting messages from me saying, hey, I don't care what you have planned for this day. It's going to be above 60. I'm playing golf. <laughs> I thought you used to have a 50 or over rule. I'm old now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were old before. Maybe we'll split the difference and go 55. It could be. Depends. You know, the five with no wind. And you know what's really interesting about that is that in November, I can imagine it would be a 60 rule. In December, 55. By time February rolls around, you're going to have a <laughs> 45. And if it's not windy and, and rainy, yeah. As long as the ground's not frozen, we'll be there. My wife has lived and grown up and, and lived her entire life in Southern California. And I had to explain to her a couple of things. Number one, wind chill factor are words you never want to hear. <laughs> and the other is she doesn't believe that cabin fever exists. She thinks that one, that when you get into that time of year, you can get into the mindset where, sure, you just don't leave the house for months at a time and that mm -hmm. it would be fun and she puzzles and she does things in the house. And so she doesn't require outside. Well, that's because you've lived in Southern California your whole life. Exactly. <laughs> spend Tell her spend, to spend two weeks in, in some place where there's snow on the ground and you can't get out. Where I lived in extreme northern Maine for a while. Little little celebration, not a celebration, but uh, a, a little pageant almost where we'd go out somewhere in the beginning of November and kiss the ground goodbye. Because oh, we knew, we knew we weren't going to see it again until April. Wow. I lived in Bangor, Maine one winter. And during the one full winter I lived there, we had a total of 166 inches of snowfall. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding? And when they plow the roads in Maine, they plow them, they plow into the middle of the road, not against the, the curb. After they plow it, a heavy equipment piece with a huge snowblower type apparatus on the front comes down that middle and just chews up the snow in the middle and dumps it into dump trucks behind this equipment. And That's then the incredible. dump trucks go to the riverbank and they dump it on the riverbank. Well, that makes in sense. In July, was... there is still snow on that riverbank. <laughs> wow. Because so much of it had been dumped there. Yeah. But an hour after it snows, no matter how much it snows, the roads are clear. Yeah, that's that's what is incredible. I think I've told you before, I went to Minneapolis in um, February one year to go to the NBA All-Star Game. And it was that was when I was living in, in D.C. And they said it was going to snow in D.C. And usually when they say that, they mean a dusting. But it yeah. was it looked like it was going to be a full six to eight inches. And 
every single runway was closed except the one that my plane was going on because it was going to Minneapolis and they were like six inches. Come on. That's not even a dusting up here. (laughs) And I got to Minneapolis and it was snowing hard and the roads were completely clear. Yep. So it's just a matter of what you're used to. And, and uh, I guess in places like Minneapolis and Maine, if you don't have that figured out, you don't really, you don't belong there. You know, as a child, it was fun. Um, as as an adult, it's like, who really wants to put up with this crap? Right, exactly. That, that, I'm out of here. That is a challenge for sure. Dude. Speaking of challenges, my friend. Hey, I got to do tell you, love you a, something. Don't, don't you love a challenge? Not particularly, no. No, you don't? <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, though, the challenge has been overcome. On, on my end, from the other end, my grandson, just a few moments ago, ran up all excited yeah, because he had posted a resume on an Indeed website. Is that right? And he got a call. Really? You know how we've been telling people that if you tell Indeed what it is you're looking for, if they get a resume that matches what you're looking for, they will contact that person and say, hey, apply for this gig. And that's, that's exactly what just happened with my grandson. Well, is you know, that's the great part about doing this show and, and having advertisers like Indeed. You could actually live it. It's yes. not just some copy that we're reading, but it's something that actually you've you've just lived through it. That's amazing. Yeah. It's and it's it's one of the perks of doing business with Indeed, too, because you tell them what you want. You know, you say, I'm looking for a candidate that has, you know, this experience, these qualifications, et cetera. And they have resumes. And according to their own research, a candidate who has already been contacted by Indeed saying, hey, apply for this gig is 80% more likely to apply for the gig and to be qualified to be hired by you. See, that's the great part. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's powerful hiring platform can help people do it all as your grandson just found out. You know, we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. But to see it actually happen and and to see the look on my grandson's face when it did happen, it was like, wow, they just called me and told me to do this. I mean, it's 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 marvelous. It, really- it is. It's it's amazing. And and I know they streamline hiring with powerful tools that show you the match candidates like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I, that's got to be the best part of this, whether you're a candidate or whether you're someone doing the hiring is that you know you're not going to spend all this time going through candidates that don't fit what you're looking for or from the candidate's perspective, a job that you're looking for. They actually match the people and yeah. that's why Indeed is the best. Yeah, I mean, you asked if we we like a challenge. We're not HR people, okay? I mean, we, we are total chief cook and bottle washers of this place. Right. But that challenge is uh, is one of the many challenges that we really don't need at the top of our challenge list. You know, it's so much easier to let someone else do it. I'm going to make it easy for you because right now you can start hiring right now. Yeah. I'm going to give you a $75 sponsored job credits so you can upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash approach. The offer is good for a limited time. So maybe you should do it now. You can Wait. claim your $75 credit right now. Indeed.com slash approach. One more time indeed.com slash approach. I love it. And if you support, support, if you support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast, we would appreciate it immensely. We would, we would. Indeed.com slash approach. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need 
Indeed. Indeed you do. And if you'd like to stand by, I feel I feel like we're talking now like um like either Al Michaels or uh Sean Connery. I think they all have that sort of sound. And actually, if you put a little accent in it, it sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, live with that fantasy, man. We have, <laughs> we have a great guest coming up, and we're not making fun of speech impediments when we tell you that Chris Dishman is going to be here when we come right back. So make sure you're here too. Indeed, he will. We are the approach shot. Are you listening to the Approach Shot podcast? If not, here's what you've been missing. Our guest today, Dan Marino's favorite receiver, OJ McDuffie with us. And by the way, that's on the internet. And if it's on the internet, it's obviously true. I, I put that on the internet. That's why, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> Marino's in there scratching it. <laughs> right. As was Clayton and Duper. Download an episode or two of the Approach Shot today at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. And find us on the web at ApproachShot.net. And we are back, the approach shot. Now, when we left, when last we spoke, we promised you that we'd be here with Chris Dishman. And lo and behold, we are here. I'm John Ashton. I'm Neil Michaels. And look, Chris Dishman. How about that? How y'all doing today? We're doing great. Glad to have you here. And are you in Houston right now? No, I'm in. I'm actually in Arlington, Texas right now. When I coached for the XFL last year, everything was stationed here. We ended up getting a place here in Arlington. So we're actually in Arlington, Texas right now. That's where we're at. Right before we came on, you said you were rooting for the Astros. You you, you spent a lot of time in Houston. But you're in Arlington, man. So that means (laughs) part of you has to be rooting for the Rangers. Well, I've been in Houston so long. You know, I consider that my second home mm-hmm. besides Louisville. So that's why I'm everything Houston. If not Louisville and Bob, everything's Houston. I wouldn't I wouldn't at all be surprised that a, a person has an affinity for the town they lived in for so long, even yeah. if they're not there currently. <clears throat> right. Yeah. You know, I lived in New York City. I never rooted for the Yankees to win the World Series, but I sure did <laughs> when the Red Sox got in. Okay. There you go. <laughs> you sound very confused. It sounds like, so, <laughs> so, so now that the Astros are out and we're running this next week, so we're running this in the first week of November. So the World Series is already going on. Are, is there a part of you that since the Astros got bumped out by the Rangers and you're in Arlington, that you've switched hats and you have a little affinity for the Rangers? I, I treat it just like I treat basketball. I go on and see, first of all, I'll go and see who's from Louisville. So that's what I root for. And then I go and see who's from Kentucky. So that's who I root for. So whoever has the most people from Louisville or the most people from Kentucky, that's who I root for. And right really? now we got a Louisvillian who's on the pitching staff of the Diamondbacks. So you're going to have well, to. Well, that's who I'm rooting for. That's right. Gotcha. So uh, I just want to jump in here, just homeboy to homeboy for a second. Uh, six and one currently Louisville Cardinals. Jeff Brom is the coach. He wasn't your coach at Purdue, but he was a coach from Purdue where you went to school. Right. I mean, you, you gotta be kind of psyched about that whole thing. <clears throat> don't you? I'm excited for the, uh, the Louisville program in order to be six and one, having Jeff come back home, coaching his hometown school. You know, you can't ask for anything more exciting. Than- you know, you can, you can only <laughs> imagine what everybody was doing yeah. here. You know, of course, they had a bump last week. You know, beating Notre Dame was was a high, yeah. and have they had a little fallback last uh, the week after Notre Dame, but they get back on track. And I'm expecting them to go to a major bowl game this year and and be very good. Jeff Brown's a very good coach. 
The good thing is nothing up for the Louisville program. Okay, and now we'll talk about you, Chris. Two-time Kentucky All-State from DeSalle High School. I'm saying that right, right, John? DeSales, yeah. DeSales, yeah. And then All-Big Ten at Purdue. And then 13-year NFL career, two-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Played most of your career with the then-Houston Oilers and the then-Washington Redskins, then the Kansas City Chiefs and Minnesota Vikings. I feel like if you kept playing, they would all the other teams would have to change their names too. Well, as I was, <laughs> you know, I didn't realize that until you just said it. Then Houston Oilers and then Washington Redskins. I think I've been on two teams that's been the then. So. <laughs> you also played for two of the most interesting coaches in NFL history, especially from the defensive side, Buddy Ryan and Jack Pardee, and those two couldn't be any different, could they? No, they're both ones on the East Coast and ones on the West Coast. They took, they were so far apart, but they made it work. Coach Pardee was a very diplomatic person, a very smooth person. Uh, he didn't like controversy. He wasn't having controversy. You know, Pardee was more like, hey, it's your granddad talking. You, you sit down, you listen to him, and you respect him because he knew what he was talking about. You know, so he was very calm mannered. I don't think I ever heard Coach Party uh, raise his voice. He was very calm. He told you in a voice of a soft spoken person, but you could tell he was a firm person. Well, Buddy used, uses the other words to, yeah, and he gets one <laughs> across too. <laughs> you know, each each person have a way of getting their point across. Well, Buddy's not going to be calm. He's going to be loud. He's going to be boisterous. Uh, he's going to give you a couple of F words in there and a couple of curse words in there to make sure he hammered down his point. And you got his point also. But Buddy couldn't be a more genuine person around, you know. I know that he played up to the media some of being this tough, hard guy. But if you really go in his office and sit down and talk to him, he was very mild-mannered person, a very easy-to-get-along-with person. And I, and I think that's why him and I got along so so well, because I used to always go in his office and talk about defensive, talk about fronts, and talk about this. And he used to always tell me, 28, what, what are you worrying about the blitzes or who's doing what? Just cover the guy outside. <laughs> and that's all he called me was 28. I was well, Coach Ryan, I, I want to know. He said, oh, you don't need to know that. You and Jerry Rice. You better be worried about him. You worried about some blisters. <laughs> and Jerry Rice and Michael Irvin's going to run past you. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, well, that's a point. Let me go worry about what I should be doing. <laughs> yeah. And so, if they don't yell, they don't care, right? That's <laughs> it. That's it. That's it. Get out there and play. That's what you get paid for. Well, and and you played. 43 interceptions over your career. Three run back for touchdowns. 15 forced fumbles, three run back for touchdowns, and two kick returns run back for touchdowns. Mm -hmm. So some would call you a ball hawk. Is that something that is just right place, right time? Or is that you got a nose for the ball? Well, it's called uh, God has given me the gift to, to see that, first and foremost. Number two is called study. And that's why I'm trying to install in my son, who's at Second Baptist School there in Houston, that you have to study film, you know, and I learned my lesson by study film because Wesley Walker, my first star ever, I'm sorry, I'm long-winded about your question, but Wesley Walker burned me for two touchdowns in the first half, but I had him and Coach Glanville pulled me out the game and I never studied the scatter report. Mm. But come to find out, Wesley Walker was uh, somewhat legally blind, I think, either his left eye. And I kept planning 
of course, to his left. And that was one of the things I've learned. If I just read the scout report, I can see I can see that. And I, and he was a guy that he was going to run deep. He wasn't going to run any short intermediate routes. He was always going to run deep. But me been been my first year my first year starting, you know, I'm like, oh, I got it. You know, this Wesley Walker was up and he was probably about eight years in the league. At that time, it was considered a long time in the league. So I felt like, oh, I got this guy. No, and I didn't read my scouting report and got beef for two touchdowns. And after that, I said, look, I'm reading scouting reports. I'm reading, I'm reading all kind of reports on people. So <laughs> I started studying. So thanks to Wesley Walker for burning me for two touchdowns <laughs> to get me to study. <laughs> I, started studying, I started studying quarterbacks, the way they throw the ball. You know, I started studying receivers, the way they run out the huddle, when they run out the huddle. When, what feet is up, right or left foot is up. When they start messing with their towels, it's going to be a pass or run. So I just really got in tune into the game. And I think that's what blessed me to play the 13 years because I wasn't your athletic player like a Deion Sanders or Rod Woodson, Champ Bailey, those type of guys who was just so athletic. I worked to my athleticism. There were tells, you're telling us, that you could tell what a guy was going to do, whether he fiddled with his towel or not. Yes, I could. The quarterbacks, and most quarterbacks have a habit, you know, of licking their fingers when it's going to be a pass. They come up, lick their fingers or touch the towel or something like that. And you knew it was going to be a pass. Boomer Sison had it, had it bad. Always messing with his towel was going to be a pass. And if it's a run, we know they just handed the ball off. They didn't usually do that. That's why Boomer loved seeing you on the field. <laughs> How many times did you pick him off? I know at least one <laughs> and one was for a touchdown me and my son sit around and talk he asked me he said you don't remember all your ancestors i told him no i don't i really don't i said only time i can remember stuff is if i'm on a, a talk show or a podcast and someone brings it up and i'm like okay i remember that i played the game because i love the game first and foremost and i respect the people who came before me and the game of football has, has offered me, has, has not offered me, has given me so much things to be thankful for in order to do for my family, so many blessings like that. So I played to play the game. I didn't play for the accolades. I didn't play for the cheers. You know, I played for the game itself. You were a bad man. There are not people who force 15 fumbles and run them back for touchdowns because they didn't hit hard. You don't force a fumble by saying, I'm, I'm doing this for my family and stuff. I know you did. But yeah. at the time, you were sniffing for the ball. And if it were there, you were knocking it out. And it's due to Phil Bennett, my last year there at Purdue, he always talked that he told me this, and it still sticks to me today, and I still use this phrase. Defensive backs do not get paid for knockdowns and tackles. Defensive backs get paid for interceptions. And that stuck with me throughout my career and still stick with me through my coaching career because that's the same thing I tell my defensive backs. <laughs> and when he told me that, I was like, wow, that's that's very interesting. When I went on to pros, I remembered what he had told me. And that's why I always was going for the ball. Force fumbles, interceptions, something like a turnover. Because people remember turnovers. People don't remember knockdown pass. Yeah. Okay, so this is going to be one of those things that people in a podcast hear. People who are listening are going to hear. People on the radio are going to hear. Speaking of that, in 1990, and John doesn't like it when I get too deep into the weeds, and neither do I. <laughs> but in 1990, you had a set, you had a consecutive game streak of seven games in a row where you forced a turnover, either a fumble or an interception. So your Purdue coach would be proud. Yes, he was. Yeah. And after every one, I called him too. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> How'd I do, Coach? Uh, that year was so unbelievable. You know, I was, I was able to make my first Pro Bowl that year in 91. As I look back on that year, that was one of those times you can walk in the gym and just shoot and shoot the basketball from a concession stand and it goes in. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was really hot through that series. So I, I was blessed to put a lot of games back to back of a turnover. The last one I remember is one with the Miami Dolphins, and it was the fourth quarter, and Miami was going in to score a touchdown to go up and possible win the game. And the running back, Sammy Smith, who I think he hadn't fumbled all year, ended up fumbling on the goal line. The ball squirted out to into the goal line, and I jumped on it and, and recovered it. So there was things like that that happened. I was just happened to be there and saw the ball. I said, oh, snap, jump on this thing. And that's what happened. <laughs> Whether it's talent or whether it's the right place in the right time, this is the right place. This is the right time. Chris Chris Dishman is with us, and we'll be right back here on The Approach Show. If your company stayed open during COVID, I have some great news for you. Government funds are available to reward companies who stayed open during the challenging time. Now, this is not a loan, and you do not have to pay it back. Your hard work to stay open could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at covidpayment.com. You heard that correct, up to $26,000 per employee. This program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the tax experts at covidpayment.com. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work and share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify including those who took PPP loans. If you have five or more employees, let covidpayment.com help get you up to $26,000 per employee. Visit covidpayment.com. That's covidpayment.com. covidpayment.com. And we are back. The approach shot. Thanks for having And I'm John Ashton. I'm Neil Michaels. And Chris Dishman is with us. And Chris, after you finished playing, you coached quite a bit. In fact, are you still coaching now? I'm still coaching now, yes. In Vegas, right? Right, yeah. XFL Vegas. So you've coached the USFL, XFL, NCAA Division One, the CFL, and the NFL. Is there a difference in the game or are the skills the skills? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a huge difference. You know, I tell people, I think I'm, I got to go back and Google this. I got to be the only coach to call. the coach in all the FLs, X, XFL twice, CFL, NFL, and the USFL. I coach in the USFL. Yeah. So all the FLs, I think I have been a part of it. But, oh, it's a difference in, in as far as the talent level, the rules, and my first game up in Canada with the Montreal Alouettes, it was second down, and our special team coach, me and my special team coach, so he was always hollering for punt team. And I was like, hold on, second down? We got two more downs before we could holler for punt team. He was like, no, it's only three downs. It took me the longest to understand. There's <laughs> only three downs in Canada. <laughs> and it was some games, into some games. I'm going about fifth, sixth game. And I, I was like, why are we? And I, and I realized it's oh, three downs. So it took me a while to adjust to ca- Canadian football. But it also taught me a lot of different techniques to use up there in Canadian football to help uh, the defensive backs to be successful. You know, because they can run at you and they could be at least a yard offsides before the ref even called the flag. Even when they was running towards an offsides, I'm yelling for the flag. And I'm sure several refs up there had to tell me, listen, it could be a yard before we. What we call all sides. So that was something very new 
uh, for me. And I'm having my guys as a standard DB get on the ball at your feet, your hands up, you're ready to punch the receiver at the line. And I'm having them doing that. And they looking at me like, dude, they're running passes. Then I realized, oh, hold on, you can't just be sitting duck, st- uh, sitting there I mean, with the, on the balls of your feet. And these guys running almost full speed at you. So that's why I, I learned the technique as a soft cushion of bailing out a little and giving them a little ground and be able to turn and run with the receiver. So, you know, that's, that taught me how to teach that technique. How many of the players in the CFL are Canadian? They want at least eight to ten Canadians on your team. You have to have at least eight to ten Canadians on your team. They could be in, in in different positions and stuff like that. Is football as big in Canada for youngsters in high school and and little league and pop Warner stuff as it is here? Yeah, no, not as much. Okay, like you say, in a little league ball or something, they go out and play. And I'm like, it's not as big there as when I was there. It wasn't as big. Well, I know Canadian kids can play hockey before they can walk. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Chris, the last couple of weeks here, we've had um we had Mark Collins on a couple of weeks ago. We had Leroy Irvin on a couple of weeks ago. Now we have you. So I feel like we've got sort of our own DB Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> in a couple of years ago, you created something called Goat Skills, and you had your own DB Hall of Fame with Ron Woodson, Dion. And Daryl Green, who I yes. grew up around, right. tell us what Goat Skills is, and are you still doing it? And and how did people get involved in that? Well, I'm trying to get back to it this year. Goat Skills was a camp, and it was all DB. I took four of my friends and great players who understand and love football, and was able to teach DBs different things. Because Daryl Green used a different technique technique than Rod Woodson. Rod Woodson used a different technique than my and I, and I used a different technique than Deion Sanders. All four of those guys came there and done a wonderful job, had a lot of football, was able to go in the classroom with those guys and teach them. We was able to go on the field and teach them and was able to run drills. Drills that actually work during the game of football. Nowadays, and nothing wrong with these specialists. If they can make their money that way of being a DB specialist, that's fine. But nowadays you see all these fast twitch foot moving drills and jumping over this and doing this and turn around and doing that has nothing to do with the game of football. I'm an old school guy, back pedal, plant and drive, 45, 90 degree angle, getting your hands on the receivers, changing up from a hard press to a soft press, uh, being able to have the internal clock in your head, 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, open and look for the football. We teaching them all these things like that, you know, and everybody's body is different. Daryl Green is a shorter DB, so he used a slide step and punch. Where I'm a more physical DB, I'm using a, a step and punch. So we it was able to give each person body type a type of skill that they was able to use. And are the kids that you're teaching are they in high school, college, and <clears throat> how do, how does somebody like get involved? My website is goskills.com, and right now I'm. Uh, we're trying to find sponsors for Louisville and try to find sponsors for here in Texas. You can go on there and, and read about it. But like I said, we're, we're just trying to give the guys skills. It's mostly high school. Or, uh, we don't want to go younger than high school because it's a, it's a skills where you have to be able to understand it and not saying that peewee guys don't understand it. In peewee, you just have fun. You don't try to. Peewee in grade school, I told my son, hey, you always want to go work out. I said, no, you go have fun. And that's when you get to high school level in the ninth grade, then you start building your technique. But other than that, anything under ninth grade, eighth, seventh grade, eighth and under, you can go have fun and play and enjoy the game. 
All right. One more thing before we get to your golf game. You also do a podcast called Dish Happens, which, by the way, we're changing the name. John and I have decided we're changing the name to Dishin with Dish. Okay. That's what it should be. Come on, man. It's in the name. It's in the name. You got to use Dishin in there somehow. Yes. So talk to well, us about the podcast. What who's involved and what do you talk about and all that? Uh well we I did that a long time ago, and that was when I was at McNeese. I was at McNeese University. My wife actually came up with the idea and because I was like, oh, I don't want you know, then we started talking and started doing it. And then people was actually tuning in and started listening, and then we just kept it going, kept it going. And we haven't done one in a long time. When she hears this, um, she's, I'm sure she's probably in the other room listening. She probably like, see, I told you we need to start the podcast over again. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's the great thing about a podcast is even if you haven't done one in a while, people can go back and listen to it. And a lot yeah. of it's relevant anyway. One other thing. Sorry, I said one thing, but one other thing. Since no, we're dishing with Dish, yeah. <laughs> I got to ask you, as a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I just ran on Twitter this week a poll and said, who is the most important person at a Kansas City Chiefs home game? And the choices were Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Mama Kelsey, or Taylor Swift. And 67% of the people said Taylor Swift. Wow, they must have watched much football. As an old school guy, how do you feel about having the a Chiefs game turn into this social thing. I like Taylor Swift's movies and I le- like her songs and stuff like that, but I don't, I've never seen her throw a football, so I don't know if she can throw or not. And possibly she possibly, she probably have a hell of a arm, you know? Or she can throw. <laughs> so that's probably what Kelsey is getting so many. That's why I saw a stat where he get more yards with her at the game than when she's not at the game. After the game, she's probably in his backyard throwing footballs or something. So she's probably have a good heart. Sure, she is, Chris. Yeah. yeah. I just Kelsey's stats, he averages a hundred yards a game receiving when she's there and forty-nine when she's not. Maybe there's a magic to it. Right. Maybe her her there with him, her throwing him footballs after the game of the last game or before this game is helping him. Or maybe she just gives him special treats when he gets over you know, 50 yards again. Who knows? Who you, know, knows? you know, we could, we could go on and on about this. Now. <laughs> but we won't. <laughs> yeah, I, would cut, I have to cut it off from there in case I say something wrong. You know? <laughs> All right. Talk to us about what you called your horrible golf game. Depends on what you call golf. If you if putt putt golf is considered golf, because they have putt putt golf and they have golf at the end, then I'm a pretty if I'm yeah I'm a pretty good golfer. But if it has so or when I go to the golfing range, then I'm a pretty good golfer. It's only when I get on the course that my ball, not me, my ball decide to go to the right and left and don't go straight. <laughs> the ball's <laughs> so, put a yeah. line of its own. <laughs> so. <laughs> And I switch balls and stuff like that, and it still goes to the right and left. So once I started switching balls, I said, well, maybe it's just me. So, <laughs> you think? Yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, I retired from golf with a score of, like I said, my, my lowest score was 75. And, that, and that's when I jumped on the putt putt golf course and played it then. <laughs> but <laughs> I retired from golf at least hitting at least one ball straight. And after I hit that one ball straight, I said, I'm done. 
Now, have you played in some charity tournaments and people thought, oh, look, Chris Dishman, he's a big guy. He was an NFL player. And then you get out there and go, I'm just here for the stories and for four days of four hours of walking around. When I thought when I was in San Diego, I used to play in San Diego. I can't even name of the course. What is that? Is that Tory Pies? I played, I played on that course and I was like having my pictures taken on that course. And I was, but one we had like a coach's outing. Coach Turner had a coaching outing. And Coach Turner came up to me. I was sitting on the court. He said, that's a great place for you. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he was, and, and Coach Turner have a way of sliding jokes in without telling you a joke. Yeah. And at the end, I said, Coach, what do you mean by it's a great place for you? He said, I saw you swing. He said, you sit on that cart, it's a great place for you to be sitting. I said, Coach, I said, you know what? That's a good observation. I ain't even mad at you. I'm, I'm glad to be sitting in this cart, too, because you guys take this way too serious. The team I was with was like, they was way too serious about it. They had the gloves. They had this. <laughs> I had to bar somebody glove. You know what I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing all this. And this supposed to be this famous course we was on. But I got my pictures. And I don't even know where those pictures at today. But I got my pictures on the famous course. I can't say I have played on Tory Pines. I can't say I played good, but I have played on Tory Pines. You don't have to. Just there say, yeah, this is me at Tory Pines. And everyone's going to go, wow. <laughs> exactly. Right. The little <laughs> caption says, Chris Dishman at Tory Pines. Nobody needs right. to know anything else. But to answer your question, I always, when I get invited to golf tournaments, I tell people up front, this is really not my deal. I will come and, you know, and can I serve the the alcohol? Can I ride on the beer carts or can I do something else? It's, you know, but I will come for your charity. I will donate stuff for your charity. But as far as playing, I'm not really, you know, into that. So they, they understand and then I still get invited. So, which is great. We've got something that we're not going to tell them about until we come back. If you've listened to us before, you can surmise what it is. Chris Dishman and a six-pack. When we come right back, we have to approach. Oh, wow. That's uh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. We hear that a lot at chickendinnercasino.com because we have so many winners. That's because we have so many ways to win, including slots, blackjack, poker, and more. Of course, you can step into our sports book and bet on any sport, including college football, the NFL, and Major League Baseball, with some of the best bonuses around. But don't take my word for it. Hey, this is Ricky Williams, former Heisman Trophy winner and all-pro NFL running back. Hey, this is Ryan Sandberg, Chicago Cubs Baseball Hall of Famer, number 23 retired. Hey, guys, it's Brad Sham. I am the radio voice of the Dallas Cowboys. Be a winner by playing chickendinnercasino.com. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. You can be a winner by playing today at chickendinnercasino.com. And our listeners get special offers. Just go to chickendinnercasino.com slash sports. That's chickendinnercasino.com slash sports and you could be a winner winner today. If you're fed up with your credit card's high interest rates and your balances are so out of control that they never seem to go down, one call to Consolidated Credit can get the relief you need. Consolidated Credit has helped over 6 million people with credit card debt, and their certified credit counselors are ready to help you. They can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast without destroying your credit. The program works, and the consultation is free. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800 
800-214-3104. That's 800-214-3104. Consolidated Credit Solutions, Inc. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM 1492, Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation. Commission license number DC83. Service may adversely affect the individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action. Not a loan company. Yes, indeed, we are back. We are the Approach Shot. I am John Ashton. I'm Neil Michaels. And Chris, our six-pack is upon us. Now, the way the six-pack works is we got six questions designed especially for you. We're going to fire a match of boom, boom, boom. We want you to give us the very first answer that comes to mind. No thinking about it. No hemming and hawing. If you do, you'll hear, ah. Okay. I'm going to ask you to move it along. You up for this? Yes. All right. Here we go. Question one. The approach shot has a genie, and every once in a while, he shows up, and he showed up today, and he turns you into a wide receiver with a skill set like Tyreek Hill. Now, you're very close with Daryl Green, Dion, Rod Woods, and a bunch of others, but I'm going to put you on the spot. You have a skill set like Tyreek Hill. Which of your Hall of Fame buddies do you think you can beat? Rod Woodson. Oh, boom, <laughs> right like that. Why is that? Why is that? Because um, Rod is, um, you know, he's fast, but with him being such of a big DB, he have time. He don't have. He's hard for him to sit down on routes. You know, oh. if, you, if you see Rod, he's very got very wide shoulders, very big legs, and so I, I feel like that if I have Tyreek Hill skills, I can sit down on routes and come back out at him and get him. Plus, he's acceptable to the double move. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay money to see Tyreek Hill and Daryl Green, wouldn't you? Oh, yes, indeed. All right. Question two. You, we just talked about your golf game being awful, and you joked before the show that your handicap was also a 75. So tell us about one specific time where you lived up to that status of being awful. Oh, wow. Well, I just told you about the Torrey Pines there. And once in North Carolina, Steve Smith had a golf tournament. I went there and I actually hit the balls to the right and left. And that's where they're supposed to be in anyway. Hitting, ball, hitting golf ball straight is overrated. Everybody can do that. <laughs> and see how many times you can hit the ball to the right and left. That's that's the first you'll be a new golf game. See how many times you can hit the ball right and left. <laughs> hitting them straight is overrated. <laughs> Question three, which quarterback did you absolutely own and who did you not want to see under center? I didn't want to see Dan Marino under center. I don't know which quarterback. Tim, uh, John Elway, I guess. When I got, I got some interceptions from. I got two interceptions from John Elway. Oh, I don't. I don't have that in front of me, but I think you're yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think John Elway. Yes. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? You have to have Elway on and have him dispute that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I can't. I've been waiting all week for this one. Question four: You own Semper's Sports Bar and Nightclub in Houston for six years. Wow, that's a long time ago. It was a long time ago, 2001 yeah. to 2007 or so, something like that. But I figure, you know, you being a Houston guy, owning a sports bar in your hometown's a pretty cool thing. Right. But because it was a nightclub, the question that I've been dying to ask you is, did you ever get out on the dance floor in those days? And no. if so, whose music <laughs> got you going? To answer that question, did I ever get on the dance floor? No, you do not want to see me on the dance floor. Well, I can't be on the dance floor unless I'm by myself. 
you know. But anybody else around me is going to get punched of me trying to dance (laughs) 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 or or stepped on anything like that. So, no, as far as me on the dance floor, no. Uh, Like I said, sticking with Houston, I'm a Beyonce fan. Uh, I'm more old school, Marvin Gaye. I like Marvin Gaye. I like Louis Armstrong. You know, I'm just I just go through all the all the music. I like Taylor Swift's music. You know, I'm I'm I just really I'm not. Oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. I just love and see the the professionalism of different artists. So now I have to I have to ask question four and a half, which I never <laughs> do, which is, which is worse, your golf game or your dance moves? <laughs> my golf game. <laughs> yeah, based my dance moves, I could hold a tune. You know, because my wife and I, we go to stage, different functions, and we dance. You know, she helps me hold a tune so I can hold my steps. But I have to have her there to guide me. Instead of me guiding her, I have her guide me. Question five. Your name, your actual name, and your style of play lends itself to some pretty cool nicknames. Did you have a nickname during your playing time? And what nickname did somebody give you at some point in your life that we don't know about? Uh, at Purdue, Donnie Anderson gave me the name Dishrag because I used to wear a lot of towels, a lot of long towels on my right side, my left side. I used to wear a lot of towels. And he gave me the name Dishrag, and it stuck all the way through uh, my playing career, even in Houston. Because Ray Wallace at Purdue there, he came, and he was the first one to call me Dishrag. They're at Houston, they're like Dishrag, and they're in that stuff. Dishrag was my was a nickname that Donnie Anderson gave me, and it stuck with me because I used to have towels all hanging all the way down, which is illegal now. I think that's why they came up in the NFL with those six inch towels. That this, you know, I had to, I had towels all the way down past my knees and you know stuff like that. Now, see the the podcast dishing with Dishrag would not go. That just wouldn't. Work. <laughs> All right. Question six. And we ask this of all of our guests that come on the show. Since we are the approach shot, Chris Dishman, in your approach to life, what one rule do you live by? Uh, Treat people with respect. You know, respect others. Everybody have a different opinion. And your opinion is your opinion. And I'm going to treat you with the respect of listening and hearing your opinion, even though we may not agree with things. It's this respect factor of, of knowing that your opinion is your opinion and my opinion is my opinion. And we could sit and debate until wee hours in the night. But if we're not going to never agree on each other, then we both can respect each other from their opinions that we have of each other. Love it. Respect is supposed to be earned and it doesn't just happen. But once it's earned, it should be given. Amen. That did not seem very hard for you, sir, but gosh, it was funny. <laughs> that, was, that was some good stuff. Well, uh, you are off the hot seat, my friend. All right. Well, thank you. You do a lot of work with the youth in Houston, too. Is that is that true? I know that that um, you had uh, Houston youth services, sports services that you've been doing, and um, I know you give a lot back to the community. Talk a little bit about that. Yes, I do. And that's one of the things that I love doing. If I love going to the Burn Center there in Galveston when I played there in Houston, the Star of Hope there, the Boys and Girls Club there in Houston. It's things that where I can just give my time. Everyone can give money, but money and time is always is more awesome than just giving either or. I just take that at heart and feel like that God has blessed me in so many different ways that I can at least give back in those ways. Being a Catholic, 
growing up at Christ the King there in West End Louisville, with Sister Pauline, uh, a nun there, and she was a principal there, used to always tell me that giving is better than receiving. And those things like that has always stuck in my mind of giving is better than receiving. So the more I give, the more I feel like I have I have done my share in the world of giving than 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 receiving. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. And that is that's <laughs> absolutely true. I have a vision. I want to open up a, a homeless shelter and I want to call it a second chances. And second chances is a homeless shelter I have, I'm trying to uh, open up where I can give people second chances in life, where they can come get their GED, they can come get some type of major skills, and therefore they can move on. And people who's there are going to stay three or four years and move on, then the next bunch of people come in. So that's my ultimate goal is open up a, a, a homeless shelter. Best of luck with it. Well, good. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure being on. You guys have my number. Hit me up anytime. You got it. We'll ask you to come play putt-putt with us someday. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> and if you play and it's not and, and it's not your best game, we know it's the ball's fault. <laughs> it's the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, it's been great having you on. Thank you so much for taking the time and, and, and continued great luck. All right, thank you, guys. You've been listening to The Approach Shot with the Weekend Golf Guys. If you like this week's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. And find us on the web at ApproachShot.net. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.